Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. What's up, Talkers? I'm Benji Gomez, your host, a coffee-loving networking fanatic on a mission to fast-track opportunities through social connections. Join me on Brew Talks, where we blend professional networking with a perfect cup of coffee. In this episode, we're going to explore an empowering concept titled Pi and why understanding its three components of performance, image, and exposure can lead to career success both as an employee and a people manager. As always, don't forget to hit the follow button where it, wherever you get your podcasts, give us that five-star review, and follow us on Instagram at Brutox Podcast to stay updated on what's brewing on Brutox. Pinkies up and enjoy the episode. Happy New Year and welcome back everyone to another episode of the Brew Talks podcast, episode number 5. I'm your host Benji Gomez and this episode is going to be empowering for all the listeners tuning in today. But first as always, I want to highlight my drink of the episode and the coffee shop it's coming from. Glorybell Coffee, the largest coffee shop in Waco, located inside of Glorybell Church, brewed up a wonderful drink titled Cozy Sunday Breakfast consisting of maple cinnamon, and organic butter. Not quite sure what the roast was that was used in this drink, but it's arguably the most exotic drink I have had in a while. If you're ever in the area and you want a cup of Jesus and a menu of creative drinks, check them out and give them a follow on Instagram at Coffee. Now, before we jump into the content for this episode, I thought I'd try something different and detail a little history about coffee. According to the National Coffee Association, the first inclining about the potent effects of coffee emerged when a goat herder noticed his goat becoming more energetic when they consumed berries from a particular tree while roaming forests in an Ethiopian plateau. Now, through my own research, I found out that coffee beans in their unprocessed form look like cherries uh, whenever they become ripe, and then the beans, which we know them that are used for roasting, are at the center of these cherries. So after presenting these berries to a local monastery and the local monks realizing that they were incredibly alert during evening prayer, word began to spread to the Arabian Peninsula. And for anyone that is geographically challenged like myself, Ethiopia is between Somalia and Sudan and above Kenya. So when the story referred to the word spreading towards the Arabian Peninsula, it illustrated an awareness of the potency of these berries moving into countries of Saudi Arabia, Oman, Iraq, Iran, etc. However, for a drink that is consumed by billions of people around the world, much of the discovery of coffee is enveloped in mystery. What I did find out is during the 13th century in Arabia, 
the modern version for roasting coffee was devised. So pretty cool, huh? So stay tuned for all the other episodes. I will be detailing some more history about coffee, getting into the modernization of roasting as we know it today, and then maybe looking at some other cool facts regarding the process of coffee and how we became all addicted to the potent effects of coffee. So now let's get into the actual content for this episode. And I want to start off by asking a question. Show of hands, who's trying to get promoted in 2024? So probably everybody's hands is probably going up. Now, how many people actually know what it takes to get said promotion? So if you're an employee in an organization, eventually the topic of promotions will come up with your direct supervisor. Traditionally, when discussing the prospect of being promoted, our immediate thoughts pivot to our performance in our daily activities. We recollect on contributions to a project or recount the number of meets expectations that appear on our annual review. These thoughts are natural and indicative of the narratives most of us were brought up with, affirming that good performance will lead to career success. Now, while an individual's performance is important, it is a misconception that merit alone is the sole reason that someone gets promoted, requiring the current workforce to rethink how it positions itself for promotional opportunities and career success. A concept that can help us detail and understand what it actually takes to be promoted is a concept that was coined in 1996 by a fellow by the name of Harvey J. Coleman, who wrote the book Empowering Yourself, The Organizational Game Revealed, detailed a concept called PI. And so let's define the PI concept just a little bit more. The P stands for performance, usually in the context of how well someone performs their duties outlined in their job description. Despite much emphasis surrounding upward mobility being attributed to doing a good job, performance is really only 10% of the overall consideration when senior leadership is looking to promote employees. The reason for its little weight in the decision-making process is because good performance is already an expectation. Otherwise, consideration would not have been given in the first place. Now, to clarify, performance is equally about being an individual contributor as much as it is contributing to a team. So contrary to the other components of Pi, your performance is largely under your control and can be validated through documenting your unique contributions to projects assigned and the quantitative results achieved. So numbers are hard to refute and can be useful if there is doubt regarding how you add value in your given position. Now, the next component of PI, which stands for image, accounts for about 30% of the weight given towards promotions. Now, this is your personal brand and or reputation within the organization. Your image is formed from the perceptions people have of you and their experience interacting with you. You contribute to the formation of your image by how you present yourself, your level of engagement, verbal and nonverbal communication, your approach to work, etc. Image is also a question of culture fit in the organization. So do you know what the culture is and are you aligned with it? In my opinion, image can aid a person in garnering trust and buy-in from those within their supervision. From a leadership perspective, people demand good character and competence from their leader to feel safe in moving in the direction outlined by the leader. It's the trust that makes others receptive to be led. Your reputation precedes you before you step into any room, so make sure to manage it well. And the last component of PI, and arguably the most important, is E, which stands for exposure and accounts for 60% of consideration when deliberating over promotions. 60%. 
Now, this is where the relationships you cultivate within the organization can become valuable. Exposure refers to the visibility an individual and his or her accomplishments have amongst key decision makers. Now, it's imperative that professionals build a broad network of advocacy, inclusive of mentors and sponsors across their organization that can attest to their skills in rooms where they are not. Additionally, visibility amongst key decision makers creates familiarity, and familiarity begets trust. Otherwise, it's tough to base decisions off of unknowns, particularly when it comes to shaping the next generation of leaders in an organization. So how do you know where you're spending your time and if you're aligned with the concept of pie? So the short answer is question yourself. In terms of performance, this one is pretty self-explanatory. Are you doing a good job? What are the results of your performance evaluations? Are you hitting your numbers, metrics, or the performance goals that have been outlined for you? And you'll pretty quickly know whether you're performing a satisfactory job in your role or simply coasting. For image and exposure, there's a little bit more probing that's required to eliminate some of the subjectivity that could cloud our own judgment. Uh, For evaluating your image to assess the perceptions others may have of you, I would suggest considering reaching out to a mentor or a sponsor for feedback on how others may be perceiving you. So for those that are unfamiliar with the difference between mentors and sponsors, I'd like to clarify how they are distinct. So mentors are like coaches. They advise and they offer insight to better your game, but they don't necessarily facilitate opportunities for you. Sponsors, on the other hand, are like agents that look to help you secure and create opportunities for you. Now, based upon what they know about you, they can attempt to align an opportunity with your skill set or your strengths. So oftentimes we assume others view us based upon how we view ourselves, which can be a blind spot if it's not managed appropriately. So if you have a trusted advisor, a mentor, or a sponsor, reach out to them and ask them to help you understand how other people perceive you, and that can be a baseline for how you can potentially improve your image. Now for exposure, to quickly assess your level of exposure, review your level of engagement on projects and socially last year and ask yourself the following questions. Were any of the projects assigned to you visible to senior leadership? How regularly did you meet with others outside of your functional area, meaning outside of the department that you're currently at? Does your social network, what does your social network look like at work? Do you possess any informal leadership positions at work? So think about committee committee works, um, anything from planning a party to uh, maybe a, a DEI committee, or maybe just a um, an ad hoc committee or a task force. Any of those things where you're not dubbed the leader, but through your ability to create um, social relationships and to lead without authority, you can be seen across uh, departments leading in, in a particular capacity. So these questions are meant to provide a sense of your presence in the organization and should not be confused with simply being well known. Rather, high exposure is about being seen succeeding racking up wins that add value to the organization and acknowledged by key decision makers. The weight of consideration given to exposure emphasizes how crucial social connection and active participation within your organization is to upward mobility. Now, if you're wanting to improve on one, two, or all three of the components of Pi, here are some tips that I would recommend per component. So for performance, 
write down the skills you need to develop for the next position, right? What I would suggest is pulling the job description for the next position that you're striving for. Honestly, a quick chat GBT, inputting in all of the roles and responsibilities from that job description into chat GBT will spit out exactly what skills you need to develop in order to create a development plan for yourself and really hone in and be able to see the gap that you have. Next, structure your day well. So there's a really great framework called the Eisenhower Matrix that will help you prioritize what tasks need to be done based upon importance and urgency. In time management, think about your level of energy and your level of attention. Work based upon the energy that you have throughout the day. What tasks do you need to structure or do you need to tackle throughout your day in order to ensure that it's done given the level of energy that you have. So for instance, people have probably heard about eating the frog. Don't save the frog for the end of the day when you're just tapped with energy, right? It's potentially that you could move that to the very beginning so that you have enough energy and enough mental capacity in order to eat the frog and then tackle more of your uh, other tasks later on in the day. The way that I like to think about it is I'm a morning person. I like to do a lot of my cerebral work in the morning. So I'm doing a lot of my reading, a lot of my writing, things for the podcast. The, the biggest items for work that require the most mental activity, I'm doing it all in the morning. And then I become more administrative as I move further and further down my day. Administrative meaning I'm answering emails, I'm making phone calls, um, maybe I have a meeting or two, some of the more mundane and routine work that I can just do with some headphones on. I'm saving for the rest of the day. And then, you know, we, we exit work. So structure your day really well. I would encourage you all to check out the Eisenhower Matrix to help you prioritize your work. The next thing for performance is work with your supervisor to curate a development plan for you. I alluded to this when we took the roles and responsibilities from the job description of the position you want to hit and put it in the chat GPT. Still a fantastic way to determine what skills you need to work on in order to be elevated to that position. Additionally, work with your supervisor to prioritize what skills are pertinent not only to your current role, but then also ones that you can work on as you're striving for this next position. And then look at some of the areas of investment. How much would it invest to into a course, buy a book, um, attend a workshop that'll help you close the gap in acquiring that skill. And if you have a supportive supervisor, they would be more than happy to have that discussion with you and outline that plan. And then lastly, be equally a strong team member as well as an individual contributor. So elevate the performances of other people around you. So it's your performance is contagious. When you elevate your game, it elevates everybody else around you. So be an awesome individual contributor and a strong team member. Now for I, if we want to improve our image, make sure to your actions match your words. Be aware of your nonverbal and verbal communication. This is arguably the hardest because sometimes we become so routined that we don't realize or maybe not self-aware enough about how we come across to people and some of the mannerisms that we display in meetings or just in social interactions. I'm guilty of that as well. Um, sometimes I'm looking off somewhere else when someone's talking to me, maybe I'm closed off. We'll do an entire episode about how to manage your body language, but people can sense that and 
you probably have heard it already, but most of the communication that we present to other people is nonverbal communication. So probably should make, probably should prioritize uh, making sure that we're showing up with our best selves and making sure that our nonverbal communication, as well as our verbal communication, is communicating something positive and it's inviting and not uh, off-putting. Lastly is recognizing that people's perceptions of you are their reality. So be conscientious that your past behavior and successes will be used as a basis for how people evaluate you moving forward. And lastly is exposure with E, the largest component of the pie concept. So if we are wanting to improve our exposure, broadly speaking, across the organization, maybe even just in the community as well, consider these uh Consider these items. Attend social gatherings with others from your department and cross-functional areas, right? So if you're working in accounting, if you're working in operations, if you're working in marketing, just mosey on over to the operations side or the accounting side and pick one person. It could be somebody that's similar to you. Um, It could be somebody that you just find appealing. And start talking to them, build a relationship, take them out to lunch, have coffee with them, get to know them as a person. And then follow suit and find other areas and eventually ask them, well, who do they like talking to? And oftentimes what you'll find is, yes, they like talking to people inside of their department, but that can get old, right? If you're talking with the people, the same people every day that's in your same department, that can get boring. And so it may be an opportunity for you to facilitate conversation between other people that you're meeting across other departments with some other folks. Next, conduct one-to-ones with your team members and other members across departments. So this goes kind of in line with what I was talking about with the cross-functional areas. But one-to-ones can be incredibly intimate. They can be a way to develop trust, to know somebody else aside from just what they do at your organization or what you see about them in the community. And it can give you an opportunity to really hear somebody else's story and practice active listening. So anytime that you can conduct one-to-ones with anybody, I would recommend doing it because it's just another way to begin laying that foundation of trust with building relationships and then also finding where you can add value, right? Harking back to the ping framework, right? We want to give value to somebody. The way that we do this, we have to actively listen to the things that they're telling us and find within what they're communicating to deliver value. Next, seek opportunities to work on committees and or projects that involve an array of team members inside and outside your department, and they give you a broader view of the organization. And lastly, if you want to improve your exposure, add value to as many people in the organization as you can without anything in return, right? The law of reciprocity is always working for us. So the more that we give, the more value that we give, eventually it's going to come back to you. So we have to temper our patience probably talking more to myself than I am to any one of you all because you probably have more patience than I do, but add value, know that it'll come back to you and continue spreading as many opportunities as you can. So why should you care about this concept at all? Because unfortunately, much of our career success in this world is based upon the decisions that other people make regarding our performance, image, and presence in rooms where we are not present. So instead of viewing this concept as merely an organizational theory, see it as tactics that can be employed to strategically tip the scale of career success in your favor. Let's not let's even look outside of corporate organizations and think about your own business, your nonprofit, or even community organizing. 
Do you think these considerations still apply? Absolutely. Do you think anyone will buy a product from your small business if they don't think your business has a clean image? Or know that you have serviced other clients well in the past? Or what about donors who have no idea what your nonprofit is because you, executive director, nonprofit leader, have not communicated your value proposition to enough people? The reason we should care about these three simple concepts about what may seem like a tiny theory is because these components give people comfort and reduce the amount of unknown in the decision-making process. And what we know about human beings is that they tend to gravitate to the familiar and choose the path of least resistance. So recognizing that these factors are at work and wield incredible influence on your upward mobility should excite you to know how you can take control of your career and maneuver the levers to increase your likelihood for career success. Now, why should this excite you? Because inevitably, you will be tasked with managing people and will be responsible for helping those underneath your supervision navigate these same considerations that they may not be consciously aware of. And by doing so, you are now helping pass along opportunities and good fortune, which is what we are all about at Brutox. You can increase the exposure for an ambitious kid by being an advocate for him or her in rooms where they are not in. You can coach the unprofessional or the shy associate on how to interact properly at those cocktail happy hours so he or she can build rapport with individuals who can serve as a catalyst for their career. And in the event that someone on your team makes a small mistake, you can help reframe that error. You can help reframe that error so it doesn't damage, but rather bolsters their reputation. And if you haven't caught on already, all these scenarios were circumstances that sponsors and gracious mentors helped me navigate and overcome. And rarely do I forget how they intervened to help me rechart my course as I stumbled early in my career. So, needless to say, the pie concept is not only for your advantage but also insights that you can use to elevate someone else. And with that, we have come to the end of another Brew Talks episode. And as always, I want to thank you all for your time, energy, and attention. I know it could be anywhere else in the world on any other device, but the fact that it's here listening to the podcast means you care not only about the fascinating world of coffee, but also becoming a better social connector for others. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. If you enjoyed the content of this episode, and this is something you'd like to put in your coffee morning, noon, and night, please subscribe on Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.